Hey everybody, happy Sunday. So glad that you're joining us today. Uh, if you don't know this, we're actually meeting in person today, every Sunday at 4 p.m. North Star Church. So uh, if you're tuning in with us for the first time, welcome, glad that you're here. Hey, before uh, we start, would you join me in prayer and ask God to illuminate the scripture to you? Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago that we have access to the Holy Spirit who is our guide. And when we ask that he actually wants to bring to our remembrance, illuminate the word, help us bring us into truth. And so ask God to actually take you into the truth, show you the truth, and he will. Uh, join me in prayer right now and understand this, that your voice matters to him. So if you can, would you join and pray out loud, ask God to speak to you. And as you do, it might be strange, but I promise you, according to the Bible, he says that he will answer you if you pray anything according to his will. So I want to invite you to experience him today. Your voice matters and he hears you. He's listening. Ask him. Ask him to speak to you right now. Father, speak to us right now as we open up your word, illuminate it to us. Help us to know you more. We're just so thankful uh, that we get to be on this journey with you. Uh, lead us in this day of 2020 uh, when the world feels a little bit unsettled. Uh, Lord, bring us into the truth that will ultimately set us free and settle our hearts. Thank you so much for your truth, for it is life to our soul. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you got your scripture, we're going to be at the end of Acts chapter 8, and we're going to press in to chapter 9. Join me there. He, being Philip, preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. And before we press on, we need to understand that a new character has entered the scene here, and his name is Saul. Saul is a religious leader during this time. A Jew of all Jews is what he refers to himself as. Um, he was actually a Pharisee, so he's a, a religious leader, and he believes that it is his call in his life uh, to defend God. And the way he's going to defend God is putting down this movement of people who have decided to follow the Messiah called Jesus. He doesn't know Jesus, uh, but let's press in and see what happens next. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the voice said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. There's two things that I really want to focus in on today. The first being in the first verse of chapter 9, where it says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats. Meanwhile. I think the word meanwhile is crucial because we see this rhythm of meanwhile all through the book of Acts. You see the Holy Spirit move, but meanwhile, you have, uh, let's say, a couple, Ananias and Sapphira. You have the Holy Spirit move. Meanwhile, you have a group of people who are, are not content with the, with the dispersion of food and how it's being handed out. Meanwhile, with every move of the Holy Spirit, you have a meanwhile that seems to be a force that comes against. The Bible really refers to this as, as a battle that's actually going on in the spiritual realm that uh, may sound a little bit hokey, but according to what the Bible talks about, that this battle that we're in today isn't really against the physical p 
people. It's actually against a spiritual force. And maybe the meanwhile that you face today uh, doesn't feel good. The meanwhiles that we face can either be positive or they can be negative. But, but oftentimes in the middle of meanwhile, we see that God has a plan for what's unexpected. And I just thought it was such a cool reminder that in the face of meanwhile, uh, God had a plan for a guy named Saul. God wanted to put his power on display in the middle of the meanwhile. What meanwhile do you face today? What could you say? Meanwhile, here's what's going on in my life, Jay. I'm, I'm tuning in. I'm listening to the word. But meanwhile, what you don't know is here's what's going down. What meanwhile do you face today? I think it's a timely word. And I believe this can be an encouragement to our hearts to know that in the middle of our meanwhile, God sees and he's got a plan. And the truth is that he loves you whatever meanwhile you face today. He's going to start working. He's going to work in that. Maybe you don't see it today, but it's coming. And we're about to see through this story what happens in the meanwhile. God's got a purpose in the meanwhile, my friend. So I just want to encourage you today because sometimes that meanwhile can feel pretty heavy. And I understand. But in the meanwhile, God is moving and he's about to move in this story right here. The second thing that I think is so important to note, and I believe that this, what we're about to look at and expand into, is what actually gives us, gives us the power to face any meanwhile. Check it out. And I think it is in verse 4 of chapter 9, where Jesus says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Have you ever noticed in that passage that Jesus doesn't say, hey, Saul, why are you persecuting the church the way you're doing that? Saul, why are you persecuting my friend? Why are you persecuting my father? Why are you persecuting family of mine? Why are you persecuting my beloved ones? No, he, he identifies his own person with the people that he's persecuting. Why are you persecuting me? Have you ever considered this? Paul, being the person of Saul, later writes in 1 Corinthians, he says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. This is the great mystery. When you come to faith in Jesus, the Bible talks about that your spirit comes into union with Christ himself. That means he joins his life with you. And through faith in Jesus for what he did for us, he tears the veil of the Holy of Holies. And what he tells us is that we as believers are actually now the Holy of Holies. You and I are the tabernacle of God. We're actually the indwelling presence. He has made us right and holy. And he set us apart to actually dwell, to live inside of us. So this mystery being the church is actually the very body, the person of Jesus that the world gets to experience. We are a body of many members. Now, not all of us are the same, but if you're in Christ, then you're the indwelling of Christ. And that way, when the church comes together, we tabernacle together in such a way where, the, where, where heaven gets together and the full fruition of the body comes together and you get all of the, the imagery of that entire body uh, worshiping together inside gifting, inside voice, uh, just inside the person that God has designed each one of us so uniquely to put his glory on display in a unique way. But this is such a cool truth uh, that he wanted the church and us to understand today is that he has identified his own person with you. 
You're not just a friend or a family. Jesus is saying, you are literally my body. And so part of this mystery is that as Christ's body was broken for the world, that they might understand the grace of God, his church, his body is still here and it is being handed over to death that the life of Christ might be experienced through the world. This is a great mystery, but I believe this key is how we can actually walk through anything that we face in this world with a great power from heaven. To keep strong in this, um, Ephesians says this, to put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Against the devil's schemes. I believe it's so important today for us to understand that there is actually a spiritual enemy in our lives. The battle that we fight is not flesh and blood, but the Bible says that it's against spiritual forces and evil forces of heavenly places. And you are actually in a spiritual battle, my friend. Especially, hey, church, you need to understand, we need to be on guard. And what this Bible is pointing us to is that we need to be prepared with the full armor of God. But here's the cool thing. If you are armed with the full armor of God, there is nothing that can stop you. There is nothing that can hurt you or hinder you. You you have everything that you need to carry out every bit of good work that God has called you to in this day. But we've got to be armed with the truth. I think one of the most uh, devastating injuries one can have in battle is to get a a head injury. A head injury, uh, if you play video games, any gamers out there, you get extra points for the headshot, right? And you get the, the cool sound in the background. The headshot is the most fatal shot. And the Bible says that what guards our head is this helmet of salvation. And it guards the way that we think. And here's what the word I believe is pointing us to today through this story. See, if we can get off the thinking that our our person or our being is not in line or, uh, or unified with the person of Christ, in fact, you're not holy and, and you're not set apart. You're just a, you're just a person. Uh, then our thinking gets off and the enemy can begin to win battles in our life. But we were meant to be armed with the helmet of salvation. He told him to put on the helmet of salvation. Jesus, I'll, I'll illustrate it like this. You see, Jesus in Luke chapter 10 sends these guys out to do amazing things. And maybe you're experiencing the powerful moves of God in your life, or maybe you're not. But if maybe you are, he sends a large group of people out. They begin to see amazing things happen. They come back, it says, rejoicing that that the spirits actually listen to them. When they get to Jesus, he says this, and it's so crucial for us to understand. Luke 10, 20, he says, Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. He's saying, hey, I want you to think right. Don't stop thinking right. Even when you think things are going really well, rejoice in the right thing. Understand that the greatest miracle is that you, your person, has been united with the person of God and you have been declared holy and your name is written in heaven. You matter to God. That is the most important thing. Never stop rejoicing. Never stop thinking about what matters most because when you do, 
you, try, you take off the power of God and you put it down and you try to put something else on that ain't half as strong. It will not keep you on guard. What he's saying is guard your mind with salvation. This is the greatest mystery of all. Rejoice in what really matters. Think about what really matters. The fact that you are saved, my friend. But not just saved, you have been joined with the person of Christ. And when God talks about you being the church, he talks about himself. He identifies himself with you. This is who you are. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. You are his very presence here today in 2020. This is who you are by faith in Jesus. So put on this helmet. But when you take off this helmet, you begin to think in all manner of craziness and your, your life will become like a wave tossed in the wind. This happened to the earliest church. And James actually wrote to this early church in Jerusalem and helped them understand that their thinking was a little bit off. They began to think that, do you know what set them apart was not Jesus. It was actually what you had, how much money you had. But here's what he said. He said this in, in, in verse nine. He says, believers who are poor have something to boast about for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. He turned it right on its head. He said, hey, listen, those of you guys who think that you should be puffed up because you have stuff, you should be humbled. And those who think that you're lowly because you don't have stuff, you should understand that you're blessed. But here's what we've got to understand as we even understand and put that into practice in our life. We need to understand that what James was pointing the church to is that in Christ, no matter what you have in your possessions, it's actually a blessing. You say, hey, wait a minute. He told the rich guy he wasn't blessed. He should be humbled. But what we've got to understand that in Christ, when your body is unified with his, no matter what happens in your life, it's actually a blessing from God. You should see your poverty as a blessing because you're experiencing the road that Jesus walked. He lived much in poverty. And so you should understand that you are blessed. You're actually experiencing uh, the grace that Jesus experienced. But the blessing of being rich is to be humbled. You need to understand that that's not what Jesus got in this world. So it should humble your heart knowing that your unity with Christ is still true, even if you have a lot of stuff. But what we've got to understand is that stuff doesn't define us. Jesus defines us. And so we're humbled knowing that this isn't the road that my Savior walked, but He's entrusted this to me. And so, God, this isn't mine, it's yours. And I'm humble before you. All that I have is yours. And so what James is pointing the church to is to understand, don't get stuck in a cultural thinking. Don't get stuck thinking like everybody else. Think about Christ. And when you do, you understand that you are blessed at every turn every meanwhile. Whatever's going on is a great blessing in your life. Receive it as a blessing and not a curse. Put that helmet of salvation back on and understand that you have been united with Christ and nothing can separate you from the love of God today. But maybe today that you, you feel defeated in the battle of faith. Maybe what I'm talking about is not where you're at. Maybe, maybe you've been hearing the voice that says you're not holy. What, what, what's told you you're not holy and why? What says that you're not set apart? What's holding you back from actually knowing that you are the very body of Christ today? I say, Jay, you don't, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been doing. You don't know what I've been walking through. 
And I just want to remind you, if you've come into faith in Jesus and he's covered your sin, my friend, then he has loved you and your, your identity is secure in him. But now it is yours to receive and to begin to walk in what you were always made for. You were made to be the holiest of holy places of the temple. This is what you were made to be. As we end today, I want to, I want to hand you back the helmet. I want to hand you back this helmet. And I want to read this for what Jesus said to us in John chapter 10. He says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me. He's more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. The father and I are one. What Jesus was saying is the greatest power of the universe was one with him. And do you know what Jesus was saying to Saul that day? What Jesus said to Saul that day was that the the people of Jesus, those who have faith in him, have been united with the person of Jesus. And do you know what he's saying to us today? That you've literally been united, brought into oneness with the person of God. This is what you are. This is what you were made to experience and receive today. That you, you, your spirit, as you call out to him, and receive the salvation that he offers. And here's the word of salvation. I have loved you so much that I sent my son Jesus to die for you. That those who would receive him might have life and not find death. You can have this today as you confess with your mouth and say, Jesus, you are king. And I don't want to be Lord of my life. I don't want to be in charge. I don't want to rule this thing. I want you to. I recognize that I'm a broken mess and I need to be fixed up. I need a rebirth. I need to be restarted. And I believe that the restart comes through you. Give me a fresh start, a restart. You can have that today. And if you've done that before, I want to tell you, you don't have to keep doing that because what Jesus said is, Nothing can pluck you out of his hand. And if you have confessed him to be Lord with your mouth and received, believed in your heart, been baptized, reborn, then you are his, my friend. And here's what you need to begin to do. Pick up that helmet of salvation and put it on today. Receive the truth that you were made to be the holiest of holies. You were made to be the tabernacle of God. You are the very body of Jesus that others were meant to experience. And if you will surrender up that vessel to be used, God will use you right where you are. God wants to show his life to the people in your home, his life to the people at your work, his life to the people on the street, his life to where you go eat, his life to the grocery store. And he has chosen you to put his display or his glory on display to this world. Would you receive the call on your life today? And if maybe uh, you need to, to surrender again, surrender that vessel up to him today that he might display himself to the world. My friend, he will use you if you invite him to. Would you invite him to? And as you do, I'm gonna encourage, would you connect with us? Because we wanna walk life with you. Whether that stays through a virtual means, we wanna do that. We wanna be able to support you in the walk and follow as you follow Jesus. If you want to connect with us through Life Group, we've got home groups all over the city who walk this life out together. And we want to see the very body of Christ put on display to our city and far beyond. If you're interested, we'd love to connect with you. Um, You can find the link right here and connect with us, will you? 
If you've made a decision, connect with us. We want to we get to know you and help you down the road of this walk with Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'll remember this, put on your helmet of salvation. It's going to guard you against some, some fatal wounds in this battle that we're walking. And remember, you are not alone in the battle. We are together, the body of Christ, the church, put on display for his glory. Let's go get it. Tomorrow's Monday. I'm excited. God is with you. He is king. Nothing can pluck you from his hand. This is good news, my friend. Receive it today and be encouraged. You're loved. We'll be praying for you. Much love. See you next week.